Hello, and welcome to Sim Radio here on the Sisters in Music Network. It's Monday Music Madness, and you're tuned in to Mix It It with Nikki Chris. This is Nikki, and in case you don't know anything about me, I'm a singer-songwriter from Raleigh, North Carolina. My show celebrates women in the music and entertainment industry, providing an avenue for them to showcase their talents. Our motto, Sisters in Music, Together We Are Stronger. My guest today is a classical composer, pianist, lyricist, and producer. She is the director of Music Vision Studios, where she teaches piano, theory, and composition. An MTNA nationally certified teacher with a degree in piano performance, she has released five albums of original music and won many accolades for her compositions in various industry competitions. Please join me in welcoming the wonderfully talented and magnificently beautiful Danye Vlase. Welcome to oh, Mixing It. <laughs> Thank you so much, Nikki. What a beautiful introduction. I'm honestly blushing. <laughs> so sweet of you. No, you are. You are fabulously beautiful. I, I look at, uh-huh. and that's one of the things we're going to talk about. If we have time, is I, I definitely want to. I definitely want to hear some of your beauty regime recommendations <laughs> because I stare at your. You, okay. you post pictures, and I'm like, gosh, she's just so beautiful. What is she doing? What can I copy from her? So, hopefully, hopefully, we have some time to go into that. But I okay. actually am so excited to have you on the show, and there's a specific reason why. Not many people realize that I actually got my start singing more classical compositions. I was actually trained mm-hmm. more formally in, you know, a classical environment. So this genre of, of music is very near and dear to my heart because it is mm-hmm. so empowering and inscriptive. So knowing how talented you are, I'm so excited to share your works with our listeners because I'm sure that they're going to be as thrilled to be listening to it as I am. And I know that you have a lot going on and you have a lot to share. So I would love you to tell us about some of the things you're working on. Specifically, I know you have an upcoming album. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, happily. Sure, of course. The upcoming album is called Mythologies. It's an album inspired by themes from ancient Greek myths because my father is from Greece. I'm actually half Greek. My other half is French. I was born in France to a French mother. And my father, he was born on the island of Ithaca. He was the son of a fisherman and lived there until his teen years when he was finally able to emigrate to America to pursue science. He wanted to do some serious science education, which he could not do where he was. And he graduated with a PhD in physics, et cetera, and and made a career in America working for NASA. But we never lost our attachment to that history. And the island where he was born is immortalized in Homer's Odyssey. And I've been to Greece many times since my childhood. The most recent visit was just a couple of years ago. Since then, I think I've really felt a particularly strong need to celebrate this Greek heritage, and this album is an attempt to begin honoring that desire. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I'm a huge <laughs> Greek mythology buff. It, it was oh, one yeah? of my, yes, it was one of my favorite subjects to study 
in school. I'm such a nerd when it comes to (laughs) history and Greece and Rome have always been two of my favorite, favorite subjects. So I'm looking very forward to your new album. (laughs) When is it due out? This summer, sometime hopefully before June or in June. The scope of this project is a little broader and more conceptually crafted than some of the previous albums in which I was more, you know, solo pianist. This project is more similar to my last album in which there are many, many guest artists and it's featuring very heavily two of my dearest friends who are just phenomenal sopranos. Um, and I imagine you actually know one or both of them, Sangita Kaur and Hila Plickman. And yes. because of, you do know them, yeah. Well, because of, you know, additional artists on the project, everything just takes more time. So I've been a little hesitant to firm a, an absolute planned release date because I'm more interested in making sure that the project itself is absolutely polished to its best possible output before I release it. So it's a broad release time frame. But I'm getting just amazing support. I've got a beautiful co-producer on this project who has been a friend for at least three years now and, and sort of one of the first voices to guide me towards really pursuing this vision of doing a whole album inspired by Greece and Greek mythology. So this co-producer is Emilio Myler. And he's just been immensely patient. And I've had really incredible perspective and guidance in this process. Trying to make an album in the middle of a pandemic has really proven challenging. And so between Emilio and my my engineer, who's amazing, who also did my last album, Poem, this engineer is Gerhard Yus. Uh, he's just a gem. I know I can rely on these guys 100%. And any success I achieve is entirely based on the ability of the people around me to prop me up and follow through with their own commitments and do their part in such a loving and passionate way. Yeah, I'm really blessed to have such an amazing team. It sounds like, and I was very familiar with several of the names that you mentioned, so I'm sure it's going to be another brilliant masterpiece. And it actually is a really good segue mm-hmm. because I'm glad that you mentioned two of the ladies that you're currently working with because you did, didn't you work with both of them also on the last album, the poem album I in did. 2020? Yes, exactly. Oh. Exactly. So the three artists that were very heavily featured in poem were soprano Hila Plitman, who's featured on the front of the, the album, then Sangita Kaur, who sang on all the duets with Hila, And the pianist who carried the bulk of the project was the amazing, amazing pianist, Robert Thies. We also had cellist John Waltz on the project for the grand finale on that. And I've just really been blessed to be surrounded by such remarkably talented friends. The pianist, Robert, will be on this next project as well. I will also have a cellist who's worked with me in the past, and I absolutely adore her, Eru Matsumoto. There will be others, including... Flutist Roger Kellerman, violist Virginie Lavzac de Castera. It's a mouthful. She's my cousin. (laughs) (laughs) And and, um, yeah, I'm I'm just really excited to be able to feature such remarkable talent. And they, they do just a remarkable job with my music. I think I'm always immensely touched by the natural intuitive approach that these artists have when they interpret my music. I should also mention violinist Lily Hayden will be also performing on the next project as well. So, yeah. I'm oh, really, fantastic. Really well, I know I that you, you know did... know Lily, don't you? I, 
I don't know that name. So I'm going to have well, to look that one up. Yeah, I don't know she's, Lily. She's one of our many Grammy friends. Okay. I may not be connected, but I will Okay. I will definitely she definitely should, research. Yeah, she should be in your in your list of of interviewees along with okay. Um, okay. with all the other amazing ladies on this project. Yeah. <laughs> they will inspire you. I will I will get I will get Lily's info from you and and I'll reach out and, sure. and and definitely definitely would love to have her on the show. I love sharing individuals who a lot of times may not get the recognition or may not get the interviews cuz a lot of times people want to speak with the vocalist or the the writer and sometimes people who participate very heavily not in the background but as part of the full complete composition or the work don't always get the recognition that they deserve and Mm -hmm. and I think I would love to actually have her on the show so we will definitely uh, look into that thanks Mm -hmm. for that little uh, tip there that is one of the most sensitive self-aware things I've ever heard from from a singer Um, in the sense that Singers are often the ones who get so fully highlighted in performance because they face the audience. And audiences tend to forget all the support that's going on behind the singer for the other musicians who are not literally singing to them. And so I really, I'm, I'm really touched by your acknowledgement of, you know, the other musicians who share the stage and, and who play a huge part. So thank you for Absolutely. That. We would yeah. be nothing without... The family behind us, <laughs> seriously, at least me specifically, because mm-hmm. I am a very bad pianist and I don't, <laughs> I know I'm, I'm really, really bad. I have, trust me, I'm bad, but, and I am nothing without the people that I have with me on stage. So it's very important to acknowledge them because mm-hmm. without them, there isn't any performance, at least from my perspective. Mm-hmm. So, but thank mm-hmm. you for your kind words. I know you brought with you one song that features many of the participants that are going to be mm-hmm. on the new album. So could you tell us about, I know I'm going to butcher it, but I'm going to try because now I lost <laughs> the, the pronunciation that I had in my head before, but. It's the Le... piece from Poem? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. The opening track from Poem is Le Baiser, which is French. Le Baiser. There we go. Absolutely. Pronounced like someone who has studied language in in vocals. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm Bissian. Yeah, I speak German, which is a completely (laughs) off-the-cuff language. But anyway, so let us play (laughs) this for our listeners. We're going to pop that in right now.
a breathtaking piece and I know this album very well because I know that you shared it with me last year and I listened to this in full detail and I am even more excited now for the new album because you have Mm -hmm. so many of the participants that were on the last one and I thought the last one was pure brilliance so Mm -hmm. I am expecting Pure brilliance again, (laughs) which I'm sure it will be because you're magnificent. You're magnificent. So I'm excited. One of the things I wanted to ask you is what influences or inspires your work? Obviously, the new album is inspired by your heritage and Greece Mm -hmm. specifically, but what do you normally look to for inspiration for your musical works? That's a great question. Poem in particular was inspired by poetry. All the tracks on that album were, even two of the tracks that are, that are not sung, they were inspired by poetry. So those are piano solos that I performed that were specifically driven by a poetic source. And then the text for the rest of the album, the other seven tracks were all driven by specific poems in French. The whole album is in French. There I was celebrating my French half. <laughs> um, but generally speaking, musically, what most people hear in my writing are the great classical works by the icons of the writing of great pianistic works. So I'm most often compared to Chopin and Liszt or Brahms, sometimes Rachmaninoff. And I'm so, so honored by those comparisons. I absolutely idolize these composers. So always very emotional, very romantic music, romantic in the sense of the 19th century, very grandiose, very much emotionally driven music, something that's seeking uh, an emotional relationship with the listener rather than an intellectual one. So yes, I look to that great, great repertoire. But you know, I'm also, I mean, I do listen to pop music. I'm also really touched by some of the, the, you know, high quality, some of the crossover music that I hear. I love film scores, anything by James Horner. So I'm often inspired by other music than, than my own genre. Anything that combines the perfect balance of emotional depth and simplicity and economy of execution, I can really appreciate. As I mentioned, I adore poetry. I'm also inspired by dance and anything visually beautiful, great landscapes and paintings. So that's kind of a very macroscopic overview. No, it's it's yeah. perfect. You know, one of the things that I find very interesting and, and one of the reasons why I do my show is I really love listening to what inspires other 
composers or musicians or songwriters. It's it's one of the things that actually mm-hmm. I love about this show and getting to know people a little bit better, right, and, and sharing them out. But it's very important to me as a composer or songwriter myself because I may get a tip or a little trick from somebody that I'm speaking with that I may not have tried or may not have considered and potentially could inspire me in the same way that some of the things you use to inspire yourself. So mm-hmm. I I love your inspirations. It's Never great. thought of looking at photos and things like that, so I actually might try that. I might try that. Mm. Yes. You will find lyrics maybe inspired by beautiful scenes. Yes, and I love the romantic aspect of your inspirations. I I get inspired by romance, too. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you have any composing tips or tips for budding songwriter that you might want to share? Don't forget to communicate a story. I think that especially in the classical realm, we tend to get very caught up in the structure of music and developing ideas based on themes that need to evolve with key relationships. And it's very intellectual. And we certainly need to know all those things. But if we cannot reach our listeners emotionally, then honestly, what's the point? <laughs> so, um, very good yeah. advice. One of the things I wanted to ask you, because I know that you have been very active in the music industry and and very active in your career and especially with teaching and performing. And I know you've done some artists in residencies. Obviously COVID has put a damper Mm -hmm. on a lot of these activities. How, if any way, did the pandemic affect your professional life? I've been particularly fortunate. I did not completely lose my, my whole my whole profession. My friends who are exclusively performing artists really suffered this year. I did see a lot of cancelled concerts, but I was able to transition to teaching online. So I was able to preserve that. And, uh, you know, for me- most artists, our identity is really tied into what we do because we don't remember life prior to music. I began the piano at age five and so did all the others that I know who are who are doing you know, music seriously. And, and the fact is, we only know our world through what we do professionally. So this has been an especially challenging year for a lot of people who've had to sort of refashion their identities in the absence of their profession. I think that I was most impacted by the pandemic in the challenges of trying to record this current album. Everything is really delayed by everything taking more time. We needed a microphone to arrive from Europe and it took three months. What basically was was late. (laughs) Um, We've had a recording studio cancel our booking because they were suddenly really concerned about a spike in cases in early December. We've had to move to a lot of remote recording, which is a first and honestly a a revelation. It's feasible. It's totally possible. It's just that you rarely make it work on the first try. That's largely because it's not fair to ask artists to suddenly become engineers. So... You know, there are a lot of Zoom meetings with the engineer and the artists and, and the producers just trying to make sure that they all agree on where microphones need to be placed in that studio. And you find out the next day when they gave it a run that, in fact, the microphone really should have been moved another foot further back or hung, you know, a foot higher in the air. And so they try again. And, you know, I've been really, really touched by the patience and willingness of all these artists to record again. Almost everybody 
almost everybody had to re-record. There were always some issues with the first run. It's it's just been a delay for that reason, but we've been able to make it work, and I'm trying not to freak out as I see my last two months of project <laughs> starting to evaporate. <laughs> I have so much still to do right now. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that everything's going to sound brilliantly beautiful. With that, let's take a short break here from one of our sponsors, mother-daughter duo, Ruth and Amelia. We'll be right back on Mixing It with Nikki Chris here on Sim Radio. Hey, this is Ruth and Amelia, and you're listening to Mixing It with Nikki Chris on the Sim Radio Network. Check out our new album, Cocoanda Bay, now on Spotify. Sisters in music, together we are stronger. And we're back on Mixing It with Nikki Chris on the Sim Radio Network, and my guest, the fantastic Danye Vlasse. Before we get to talk about your next composition, and I know that you mm-hmm. are pressed for time today, so we'll make this one quick, and then I want to talk about prelude number one. What challenges do you think you face as a woman in your field? Oh, wow. And we don't have a lot of time. Let's see. I will <laughs> talk about just my, my own personal challenges. I'm you know, trying not to speak for all women here. But in general, there are very few female composers. I'm hopeful. I believe that will change in the coming decades. More and more young women are entering the world of composition instead of pursuing the traditional roles as performing musicians or teachers. I personally, as a private piano teacher, sometimes have felt it's just a little struggle to feel society look upon me as a part-time worker just because I'm not teaching eight hours a day. But people don't realize that running a business is a full-time job, even if you have limited hours spent in person with clients. And so I am fulfilling antiquated assumptions about gender rules because I work from home, whereas my husband works away. But that's something we've chosen that works for us. And in no way am I, you know, am I intending to maintain antiquated views. Um, It's just a situation that makes me really happy. I enjoy being in the quiet of my own home and and this space makes me creative and so it works for me as a composer. But just thoughts on women's struggle in general, I think that most women can relate to the fact that I think we're judged more harshly than than men and it's not I'm not bashing men. I think that um, a man's professional skill is generally not judged based on his appearance and rarely based on his age, whereas a woman's abilities are subconsciously linked to her appearance and age. There's often an unspoken bias that assumes a woman's intelligence is inversely proportional to her beauty. It's terribly unfair. (laughs) Thank goodness for women such as uh, Amal Clooney, who proves that incalculable intelligence can be paired with stunning beauty. Another bias is usually based on weight. Uh, Women are judged really harshly for their weight. Their character is judged more harshly than men if they're overweight. They're seen as more more lacking in virtues, such as self-control. But there again, we have beautiful models, such as Oprah. You know, her successful career was partly driven by her public struggle with weight. And no matter how much she weighed, people adored her abundance of virtue, her kindness, her wit, her social relatability. All that really shone through in the decades. So, you know, whatever my own challenges are, I try to always take perspective on the advantages that I know I possess. Uh, you know, the fact that I had a wonderful education and a very supportive family. I did not grow up in a in a particularly impoverished environment. So I try to keep in mind the fact that I had a lot of blessings in my world, and I still have many, that 
propel me and give me advantages. So I, I don't uh, wallow in, you know, the misery of the struggle or the judgment of being a woman. I just, I try to remain hopeful and take perspective on the, the big picture of these things. That's a brilliant perspective to have. And I agree with you 150% with everything that you said. So <laughs> it definitely is something that we as women struggle with on a day-to-day basis, regardless of what our profession is. I think it's it's mm-hmm. indicative across the board. So definitely agree with mm-hmm. everything that you brought up. Let's pause and let's put in another one of your songs, and then we will close things up because I do know that you mm-hmm. are pressed for time today, um, and we'll just have to have you back on and talk about some of the other things we didn't get to because I really want to learn about the beautiful skin regime. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. We'll have you back on, and we'll do another show. We'll talk about the new album when it's out. So we'll have you on Amazing. when that comes back out, and we'll go into more detail. Right now, though, let's play Prelude Number 1. This is from the Trilogies album, which was released in 2017. This is Donne Vlasse.
one of my favorites. I actually am very familiar with that composition, so I'm so excited that we get to share it with everyone. Before we leave for today, we're going to share with you another wonderful composition by the truly talented Dane Vlasse. This is called Nocturne pour Colline from the Solstice album, which was released in 2018. This is a piano duet with the Los Angeles Philharmonic Most Senior Violinist Mishka Levkovitz.
Thank you. 
Is there anything else as we close that you would like to share with our listeners? How about your social media sites? Oh, yes, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook. It's my first and last name. I'm on SoundCloud as well. You can find me on Spotify. All my music is on digital platforms. And no, I'm just really grateful for your listeners. And I think if I had one thing to advise, I was thinking about what you were, you were asking about talking to young composers um, or young musicians. And I think that I should quote a woman on this, and that would be Eleanor Roosevelt, who said, and I think I'm paraphrasing, I wouldn't quote her exactly, but she said, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. So something to keep oh in mind. Oh my God, I love that quote. And you know what? That's so funny because I actually have used that previously myself, that exact mm. quote. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, spot on. Very, very good mm-hmm. advice. So, all right, as we close out our show, Danye, thank you so, so much for joining me today. We will definitely have you come back on once the album is out and get into a little bit more fun chats with some of your daily beauty regime because I do know that you have a lot of info for us. But in the meantime, it's been a true pleasure. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in for Mixing It. On behalf of everyone at Sim Radio, this is Nikki Chris. Until next time, keep on mixing it.